Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Andrew Caulfield, also known as Ando. Ando is a San Francisco-based photographer who recently published a book titled Real SF, which documents the homeless community within the San Francisco area. All of the proceeds of Ando's new book are being donated to the Larkin Street Youth Services Organization, which helps get youth off the streets. In this interview, I speak to Ando about how he got into photography, his love of travel, photographing people, and I also speak to Ando about his love of skateboarding, which has allowed him to document some of the most legendary skaters, such as Mike Carroll, Tom Penny, Keith Huffnagel, and Alyssa Steamer, to name a few. Ando has been a figurehead of the SF skate scene for many years and is someone who is continually shooting and looking for ways to use his photography for a good cause. So I was really pumped to get a chance to speak with him about his new book and his journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy and thanks so much for listening. All right. I now welcome on Andrew Caulfield, <laughs> a.k.a. Ando, a.k.a. the the urban cowboy. How are we doing, Ando? And I'm just chilling, you know, just laying low. Doing doing the same stuff I've been doing for a little while, kind of just hitting the hitting the beach with the dog and taking photos and laying low. I know, man. Actually, I've been following your Instagram. During you've been on a couple of trips. I know you just were you're out in like Idaho, and then I think you hit up like Zion National Park. So you've been yeah. keeping it moving. Yeah, we went to we went to Idaho for like a um like a bike camping trip, and for five days, and we ended up just staying for. A couple weeks in Idaho, went to Bryce Canyon, went to Zion, went to Las Vegas, uh, lost a bunch of money there. What were you, you playing? Were you playing craps poker? What were you playing? Craps and roulette. I was, you know, I was betting on black, big, big numbers on black always. And then I just lost everything. But yeah. whatever. That's that's expected. You know, when you, when you say bikes like motorcycle shit. No, nah, no, nah, we, we went out there to these, a bunch of my friends like all ride gravel bikes and they go on these trips, like a couple hundred mile trips. And I was going to originally just going to go and like drive a car and um, like while they're riding during the day, like scope out these little towns and take photos of, uh, you know, just people, whatever, like weird people that I would meet. But um, I ended up renting a bike and going with them. Doug, sorry, my dog's barking like crazy. All good. Um, ended up going riding with them and uh luckily i did because there was like nobody in the towns i mean the population of some of the towns was like four yeah like not very um much stuff to photograph and generally i pretty much only photograph people i'm not too interested in photographing anything else so that's um, kind of that's kind of where i'm at right now and it's kind of fucking weird like i know you're like one actually the probably the first person i saw once like covid was popping off back in march and early april you kind of got straight into like shooting people like virtual shoots on iphones and you shot i think like over 100 people yeah like yeah i shot a lot i I definitely shot like a few hundred and i kind of just it kind of started as a joke to be honest with you because i i was like um working on i was working on like this this book of nudes actually yeah. <laughs> of new of nude dudes actually Whoa. and yeah yeah and um because i was just like fuck it that'll be something different to do you know yeah and and people wouldn't expect that from me you know what i mean they'd be like what the hell that is that is true like you always see like dudes like shooting like hot chicks and stuff but you never see it the other way around really exactly so i was like gonna do that so i got this whole studio set up in my house for it 
and then COVID happened. And then I was like talking to somebody one day and I just put the phone on the tripod and then I was like, Oh, hold up. I'm gonna take your photo. Mm. And I used like my whole flash setup for it and everything, you know, like shot it. Like I was going to shoot like a person. And then I was like, damn, this is kind of funny. And then I had nothing else to do. So I just FaceTimed like 300 people. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was fucking cool to do, man. Like I I called Dan and like everyone else was calling in. It was just kind of cool. And like, I think a couple of people you photographed more than once. Like one girl had like different outfits and she was like going all all in on it. Yeah. She's like the stylist for um, this brand called Dolls Kill. So she's, she was like way into it. And, uh, but it was cool. It was nice, you know, just like a good way to kind of check in with people and talk to people mm-hmm. and uh, still shoot, you know, like, I don't know. I just like I lately in the last couple of years, I've really realized like I kind of just focus on taking photos of people. I don't really like taking photos of like buildings or yeah. landscapes or anything. So it was a good way to keep my mind kind of going mm-hmm. and, um, you know, challenge yourself a little bit, you know whatever even though you're just taking a photo of your phone it was like something something to do but then i got kind of over that too and yeah it seems kind of limiting like i know a lot of people are doing it like i haven't really fucked with it at all like i I talked to this one dude and he's been like shipping out cameras to like uh subjects and he has them like download capture one and then he can oh wow their screen like people getting crazy with it but like i feel like for me like if you're not like in the room with the person I don't know. It seems like hard way to connect and like actually yeah. like shoot portraits and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I saw some people doing some cool stuff like, uh, like on like BFA and stuff like that. They're walking around New York, like mm-hmm. taking like long lens photos of people out their windows and stuff. And it was cool, but you know, like all that stuff sort of has like its time and its place. And you know, after a while you're like, all right, dude, there's only so many, yeah. So many of these we can see and, or do or, you know, or just like you start to evolve and think of a something different. You're like, all right, let's do this now. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I, I was trying to just like photograph people that were like kind of in my little quarantine circle mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then um, like re-edit stuff from the past and like work on stuff from the past that like over time you kind of get a different uh, perspective on how you want it to look. Definitely. Or, or what you want to do with it, you know? So, um, that, that was like a big factor for me this year, definitely just organizing like whatever years of stuff and figuring out what I could do with it, which, which was good. It was like good for me. I've been way more on point with that. Cause I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm not organized with my photos, but a lot of times I just don't do much with a lot of them. Yeah. Cause you're just like, yeah. Cause one thing I always respect about your work, like you're constantly shooting. Like, I don't think you ever like put it down. Like either yeah. you're, you're, you're like running the Polaroids, you're doing all the shit with like FTC, like the skate shop, all the stuff with them. Yeah. And like, it doesn't seem like there's ever a moment and to have the time to like edit through all that shit. Cause it's like a full-time job in itself. Yeah. Like I usually, t- I usually tweak out and like edit everything, but then I just don't do anything with it. You know, I'm like, all right, cool. Cause I have this theory that like the longer unless you're shooting some like real relevant time relevant thing. Yep. Um, you know, certain stuff, like I shot a bunch of protest stuff, that stuff I put out like immediately. Yep. Um, but like, you know, a lot of my work, I'm like, whatever, it'll only get better as it sits there, you know, like, so I'm not like in a huge rush to Mm -hmm. to put it on Instagram or to post it or to, to print it or do anything. It's like, I feel like the longer you wait, sometimes the better the photos are, they show more time, Yep. you know, and like, people appreciate that like you look at an old you could look at an old photo of a car yeah from 30 years ago and you're like that's a dope photo 
but that di- but the day that guy shot it you're like dude whatever it's a photo of a car yeah you know exactly it takes on a new life because like especially i was just thinking like the time we're all living in right now with this pandemic is like in 10 15 20 years you, you people are going to look back at this and be like whoa this is crazy like everyone's just wearing masks and shit yeah, and yeah. it's in like probably like kids that like are just being born now are going to be like wait for real like you guys were like living like that like yeah it's, so it's for, just, definitely you know it's it's like cool to capture those times you know and then kind of just let them sit and like yeah or, or whatever i mean it's good to do both but yeah yeah i don't know i haven't really been tripping on like doing too much stuff as far like a few printed a few things and kind of just been like stockpiling to be honest with you like tons <laughs> shooting shooting tons of film and like i'm working on another book now that I, since i just finished this book but that book's gonna take me like quite a while to do so what's the film shit are you just messing with 35 or are you me- shooting medium format what's the shit you've been um, I, you know it's funny i have like the worst luck with 35 millimeter cameras i, I always tend to break them i think it's because they're <laughs> i think it's because they're so small <laughs> You know, like I always put them in my pocket and then break them. So I've been shooting with a medium format uh, point and shoot, like a 645, a Fuji film. Yep. Um, I've been using that quite a bit. And that's fun because it's like, uh, like the rate, the, the fo- ratio size of the photo is like a 35 millimeter. And you yep. get, you get 16 out of a roll of film yep. versus like 12 on a Hasselblad. So that's kind of nice. But then I also shoot with the Hasselblad for, um, for some stuff as well or i try to like when i when i do work i try to shoot like on all my formats and i try to use like most of my lenses and stuff like that yeah um just because it's like keeps just it's like keeps me creative like a lot of times i'll shoot the same photo but on three different cameras yeah it's almost like it could kind of turn into like a collage in a sense like you're on one shoot but you have all these different looks that you can kind of blend together yeah like, I, I respect a lot of people that do that. Like I know Danny Clinch, that like famous music photographer. Yeah. The same thing. He'll have like five cameras. Like he'll break out like a fucking Holga and shit on a shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I, my brain, I, my little brain, I can't, I can't focus. I can't focus with all that shit. Like I'm just like one camera guy. But it's really, it is a different workflow. You kind of fucking around with a bunch of shit. Yeah. If I'm using like, if I'm using like flashes and stuff, like say I'm using like a digital setup with like flashes. Yep. like i'll shoot film but without flashes you know like i always try to make it like a little different um and and then like my point and shoot i'll use like you know that's more like behind the scenes or just like more candid stuff and yeah i try to mix it up so that like if i do uh you know like if i am like giving a, a job to or like work you know whatever i'm giving somebody my work i'm mm-hmm. like yo here's a bunch of stuff to pick from yep um and then the cool thing is too is whatever they don't use you have like you just like cool i built my built some more stuff for my portfolio on my own yeah um so that's that's been good but yeah just like definitely focus on a lot more film these days and uh yeah i, I actually sold like a ton of my gear i just was like whatever i kind <laughs> of yeah i just downsized i was like whatever like you know minimal the less like the less stuff i have sometimes the more i shoot so yeah no, that, that's kind of how I feel. Let's keep it simple. It just makes me think it's easier to think. Yeah. Um, and, and the cool thing, man, like I really respect that you do with your photography and is like you use your photography to like help other people. Like I know when the, the protests were going on earlier this summer, like I think you raised like over $7,000 for like some of the Black Lives Matters. Like, yeah, we, we got it up to uh, over 25 at this point. That's crazy. That's a 20. That, 
25 G's off like four different prints. I offered like four different prints and I printed out like, I basically printed like four or 500 of them. I forget. And then, um, yeah, it was like 27 G's. You were printing it all yourself. Yeah. Holy yeah. Fuck. I, so I pay, I paid for the printing and I paid for the shipping. And then basically like people had to make a hundred dollar donation. Um, and then basically send me the receipt, you know, and it was all pretty much done through Instagram. So people were like, would donate to like local BLM charities in their, in their neighborhood or their area of the world or whatever, or charities that like were along those lines, you know? And then, um, basically I would send them a print, you know, I'd, I'd eat the cost on the print and I'd eat the cost on the shipping. So that was like my own little personal donation. But then, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, it went crazy. That photo of Dela like skating down the, on the bridge. That yep. was, that one just went insane and people still hit me up every day about it. So it's like, I still just have it available, you know, and donate the money. So. Yeah, I think like you said something on your Instagram or one of the posts or something, you're like, hey, we all have like we all have different skills and we can use them for like a positive thing. And yeah. it, and you're right. Like, I think a lot of times people get busy with the day to day. And it's like, you know, it's not like all take, take, take. Like, let's how, how can you utilize your thing? And you're, you're doing it again with your new book, man. So it's like, pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty. I think pe- people get like real confused on like, uh, like what, uh, what helping someone is like, you know, they think you can only do these certain things to help people. Yep. And, you know, like, you know, like a doctor helps people like by making them healthy, like, uh, you know, whatever, I don't know, like everyone has like their little thing that they do. So it's like, if you can figure out how to like, you know, monetize your work, um, for a good cause or, um, or use your, your, whatever you do. If you're a musician, like, you know, you, you play and make people happy. I don't know. It's like, there's just different things that you can do with it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I didn't really understand that before. Um, like, like my new book, I shot that like six years ago and I just been sitting on the stuff because I didn't want to sell it and make money, but I didn't understand how to like utilize it. Yeah. Like how to donate it properly or what to do. And then like the whole BLM thing taught me like, Oh damn. Okay. Like, this is you just got to go for it and like have a plan and just stick with it so like that's pretty much what i'm doing you know and and, and the other thing too is you got to have the resources to like produce yep something so it's it is like it can be hard i can you know for some people definitely um but yeah i've just been like using my unemployment and like making prints or whatever <laughs> you know like trying to figure it out you know as much as i can but um so they yeah, yeah my, my new book same thing i just donate all the money to this homeless organization um which is cool it's i'm high i'm very happy to be able to do it um, yeah it seems like it's already getting a good response on instagram like i'll post it when i release this later and it seems like the books have been pretty kind of moving out you've been shipping them out and stuff seems like pretty yeah, good dude definitely like i i got like a a big old box from Uline right here that I'm like <laughs> shipping, you know, I had to order a bunch of shipping supplies. I'm just doing it all myself. It's kind of nice. It gives me something to do. And then, uh, it's just cool. Like, I don't know. I'm into, I'm into, uh, I realized just like the importance of like charity and, um, giving back however you can. It's, it's important to me as a, as a creative person and just like as a person in general, I think it's really a good thing to do, you know? 
Yeah, there's oh. one thing you've been posting. I, I love it. You you posted on your Instagram a few times. You're like, uh, you, what does it say? It says, uh, "Gas your friends up, <laughs> fuck gas up strangers." Yeah, it's yeah, free, yeah, man. And it's this. Yeah, yeah, and you're right, man. It's just like the littlest thing. Like you go to a convenience store or some shit, and someone's yeah. having a bad day. All you say, man, like, how you doing? Like little yeah, shit yeah. like that, and you know, yeah. might work, might not. But it's like it's like the little things, like you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's so easy to just like. Uh be positive you know and to other people i mean you can you can be bummed out yourself but you don't have to transfer your your like negativity to other people you know it's like mm-hmm. like uh you know it's okay to be bad in a bad mood or be down or, or whatever but you know if you see somebody kind of struggling and you're like yo what up man or you're like yo nice hat or like anything <laughs> yeah right you know? like it could change their day you know like um just little things, man. The little things are so important. You know, everyone's trying to change the change the system and change the world, yeah. and I'm I'm trying to focus on changing the what just the people around me. Your your That's your day to day, yeah. Your 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 yeah. circle around you, things like. Have you, have you always like had that mindset? Because like, I think that's why I always like you and even looking at those photos like I told you before is like all those people that called in for the virtual shoot. There's hundreds of people, and I think yeah, it's yeah. because like you. They're your friends, man, but you have that energy about you. And that's why so yeah. many haters when they come to FTC. But have you always kind of had that mindset? Um, you know, I think like subconsciously, yeah, kind of. Like I kind of just have always like tried to be as cool as possible to people. And, um, you know, like not not necessarily like let people take advantage of me, but, you know, yeah. to be open, be open to people and just like whatever. And then, um, you know, I just, I don't know, like the whole seeing how this whole thing happened this year with like, covid and the george floyd stuff and just mm-hmm. like like i realized how important it is to just try to focus on the people around you and um you know like everyone posts all this stuff on their instagram about like um like change the system and like this judge and this and like president trump and i'm like that's cool we all know that like yeah. we we all know that we all see those posts all day long but what about the dude on the street, like out front of your house, the homeless dude, you know, who just like, honestly, probably just wants like a cup of coffee and someone to talk to for five minutes. Like, yeah. like that, that's, that's real change right there. Like I think in like, um, you know, or like the kid at the skate park who doesn't have enough money to have a skateboard, you know, and you're like, yo, here, homie, like whatever, here's a deck, you know, or wheels or whatever. Like, like those little things could change someone's life. Like so much. Like I think back on when I was a kid and just like, the skateboard thing is an example, like just like somebody gave me a skateboard when I was like, you know, really young. And it just, that was it. Like my whole life changed. It's, it's like, like you, it's like fuel. They, they kind of, they lit it. Yeah. It's like, you never know like what, what you like impact you're having on somebody with like the littlest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got like my a skateboard when I was like seven or something and I like cherished it, you know? And like, I didn't really understand skateboarding until like late, like maybe when I was like 10 or something, but I mean, you know, like my whole life has been skateboarding, you know, so without that person doing that, who knows, I would have probably ended up like just super into the 49ers and like, <laughs> <laughs> like working. Nothing working wrong with 49ers, like, but yeah. No, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I whatever, know, know. like, you know, like I just would have ended up like one of those city dudes that's like all about their baseball team and yeah. fucking works for the city or like yeah, you know, yeah. whatever a parking meter dude or whatever yeah and like you know so you never know how how like the littlest thing can change your life um so like yeah. i focus on those little things every day like that's like i try to be aware of the people around me and see how i can help people and uh you know just that's like awesome. little things like that come here that's so, awesome like, man 
Yeah, because like I was gonna ask you, like, like where did you grow up, and like how did you kind of get into like skateboarding and photography? Like, the photography uh, kind of come like later after skateboarding, or uh, actually kind of before. Like my my uh, so my cousin when I was a kid, uh, like probably let's just say like 87 probably so he skated and he was already in college he was like 20 or something and he skated but he was like really into like bombing hills and like stuff like that right um and like these like crazy power slides and like layback slides and like but they would do some crazy ass hills and this was in sf like this was in this was in sf yeah and then uh so like he gave me a board when I was like seven years old or something or eight years old. It was like a Tommy Guerrero board. Yeah. And uh, and then like just like his best like randomly his best friend grew up with Tommy Guerrero. Holy shit. So like when when real skateboards started in like 1990 or 91 or whatever, um, he ended up my cousin ended up living with Tommy Guerrero. And so like he would like always give me boards and I just got super into skating. You know, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, so like around 1990 and 91 is when I really got into it before that. I kind of had a board, but didn't really, you know, it's like, I didn't really like know. It's, where... like, a, it's like a toy at that point. Yeah. You know, like how, before you realize like, Oh, this is like a whole world, like, yeah. a, you know, of opportunity, like, <laughs> um, and then with, so like, that's kind of how I got into skating. And then I just like 92, 93, I was skating a lot, like an Embarcadero, and like '93, I started hanging out at FTC. I was 13 at the time. And then, damn, so you're you're the you're like EMB, like the famous skate spot for people listening in San Francisco. That that was kind of like the whole like James Kelch era and all that, like back then. Yeah, definitely, like James Kelch, all those dudes. But I I was so little, I didn't really hang out with those dudes. You know, yeah. like it was, I just like would go skate there on the weekends and stuff like that. And then after working at FTC for like a year, or so you start to meet everybody and you know, whatever, and kind of got more dialed in with, with those kind of people. Um, was like EMB as intimidating as people made it out to be like from someone on the East coast that like read about it a lot. They always made yeah. it sound like if you showed up and they didn't know you were like, they're just going to like fuck with you. But like, I don't well, know. there's like so many people there skating that, you know, you could blend in. I mean, yeah. there'd be days where there's like hundreds of people skating, you know, you're yeah. just like, all right, but yeah, definitely kids got like kids would get jacked over there and like hustled out of their stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, cameras would get stolen you know whatever things like that yeah i feel like i feel like maybe i was relatively pretty lucky because like just living around here and my association with ftc like people would recognize me yeah so they they weren't i wasn't cool enough to like for them to hang out with me but i was like cool enough for them not to rob fuck, me not to fuck with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know um yeah because i definitely was not like in the emb crew or i wasn't hanging out with those dudes at all you know but we would see each other and be like what up yeah that's it that was it though but even that i was like that's cool whatever yeah you, you can know you can hang man that's yeah awesome. and i and i loved skating down there it was fun but i, I skated at wallenberg like a lot more because i grew up near wallenberg high school so i would skate there and then um skate with like drake jones and simon evans and josh kalis and those dudes and damn uh, Drake Jones was really like the first like pro like person or whatever, like on that level mm -hmm. who was kind of like, yo, what's up, man? Like, I never see you go downtown. I never see you do this. And I'm like, well, dude, I'm like 12, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and he's like, come on. So I would like go skate with him. And he was super, he's super, such a nice guy. I mean, he's like really, really nice. He had a huge impact on me for sure when I was a kid. Um, and like, 
yeah i mean then i just started working at the shop and was like super into it but but with like photography i started taking photos before that like of my family and then uh kind of just whatever didn't really think about it but i would take photos of like family functions and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then i'd be like eight or nine or ten or twelve or whatever and then when i was like 14 i was given like an a canon ae1 and i uh classic yeah i was given given it by my buddy ian johnson's father and like he had it and he's like yeah go take skate photos or whatever so i would take photos of those dudes i sucked at it i really wasn't good at it but um you know just it was fun you know we got some cool little photos and you were just kind of te- you kind of taught yourself how to like develop all the film and do that kind of thing or you- no i would take it to this little like one hour spot and we would shoot photos with like disposable cameras and stuff like that like we didn't really care i didn't really care about it i just thought it was like you know there was no phones there's no like instagrams or whatever so this is that's like how you would like capture moments you know with those little cameras um but then my uncle was like really into photography and so i would I would always trip out on the difference between like his photos and our little disposables, you know, yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, Whoa, what's the deal? And he kind of broke down to me how like, like a SLR camera or these lenses or this. And like, he was a, he was a big influence on me, like photo wise for sure. And he would like take photos just traveling and stuff, but I would always really liked his photos. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, I got into it but i didn't i like i would shoot here and there but like i lived in new york for a while and then when i came back from new york is really when i got into like when i made the choice like okay i'm gonna do photography i'm I'm gonna do this yeah like i was like i'm just gonna like go buy a camera and do this and and i bought a polaroid at walgreens and that's pretty much where it started like you you got fucking like that you did a whole book on polaroids i think a few years back and it's just like yeah all these legends like tom penny i think like you had some (laughs) of like huff and like all these like legendary skaters and so many of them yeah i shot all those in like less than a year like i basically got that camera in 2004 and just like carried it with me everywhere you know and just like every time i see somebody i'm like yo let me get a polaroid and um i figured out how to do all these like double exposures and all these weird things and yeah, like saved them all and was just like whatever, you know. They're, oh, these are Polaroids. But then, like a couple of years ago, I was like, I found them and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I made a I made a book of all that, and then um, I still have all that stuff. It's actually just sitting like right over here somewhere. I don't know. Like I don't even. Yeah, I'm pretty bad with organizing. Of like, I'm the same. I, mean, I just have like yeah. fucking like plastic bins. I bought at like Target <laughs> with this. Like, yeah, I've li- but I will say I've never thrown away anything I've shot. I have like literally I have the like the first negatives I've ever shot. Yeah. I have everything. But it's yeah, it's not organized like some people. <laughs> yeah, mine. Mine are like that, too. I have like uh, negatives like just rolled up. You know, I'm like, oh, shit, whatever. I don't even know what this is. And then but I have them all like I'm like they're in a box they're here I could probably organize them if I like really wanted to but my digital work is like insanely organized it's like the name the date the people this the like places where it was shot like any Mm -hmm. kind of word that I would associate with that shoot (laughs) yeah it's like insane but uh but I've been trying to figure out like a better way to organize my film but it's like I don't know I just um I'm also I just have like this drawer of there's only so much time in the day Dude, I have a drawer of just like negatives and prints, like just hundreds of negatives in this and like yeah, cardboard boxes all over, little in and out trays with like rolls of film in it. And just like <laughs> But it's like funny because I like I really I really look up to Ricky Powell like a lot. I love his photography. Yeah. And I went to his house like a couple years ago. We we became friends like a few years back and I went to his house and uh 
it's like the same thing. He's got like bags of film and I'm like, dude, what's this? He's like, I don't know. I shot that in the nineties. I'm like, dude, there's probably gold on this yeah. stuff. Like, you know, like, um, what is it so, about his work? Cause like people listening, Ricky Powell is like a, a, he was like influential, like shot a ton of like musicians and like all types of different people. Like I think a ton of stuff like in the eighties, nineties. Yeah. Basquiat Warhol. Actually this photo right behind me. That's Basquiat. Ricky Powell. Yeah. Damn. Basquiat Warhol. Um, you know, his work, what I like about it is that it's like really not very technical and like, <laughs> it's like, but it's just like raw. It's like, it's like he, um, he's just like a rad dude with a camera and he was hanging out with rad people and he's just like, yo, let me snap your photo, you know? And like, he's, he's like naturally creative, but it's not like overly directed. He's just like, yo, like, I like this, like, boom, you know, Hey, Keith Haring, like, boom, boom. yeah, you know, like, um, and, you know, just like right place, right time. I mean, he was like shooting in the 80s in New York and uh, shooting travel with the Beastie Boys and did all this stuff. And like his I love I've always loved his work. Like I just always thought it was so cool how, um, you know, he's not setting up all these flashes. Yeah. And this. He's got like this little Minolta point and shoot film camera. And like, he's like he's it. like purely documenting his day and his surroundings. And the guy yeah. I think kind of goes back to like what we were saying earlier is like he's shooting all he's building this whole archive of work and like now it has like this new life like looking at it like 20 years later you know yeah i mean you you know like you realize how iconic like the stuff some of the stuff he has you're like damn dude like like even just like this basquiat and warhol this is from basquiat's first uh i think it's his first solo show like in 1980 1985 damn you know and like from that point on that dude became like the biggest artist in the world you know it's like you know to have that image is like crazy you're like damn dude like you just you're everywhere so um yeah i really look up to his work quite a bit and just like his work ethic he's me and him i i really vibe with him he's he doesn't really give a shit he's just like yo whatever he's always like, got that <laughs> he's always got that little radio like i say my yeah Instagram, got this like little like fm am radio he's just bumping around town yeah he like listens to like good music and listens to sports all the time on the am channels and he's like he's just like his own dude you know like i like his whole style um mm-hmm. yeah i really respect his work but like yeah he's got all this all this unseen footage or uh, photos i'm sure just sitting around because you know he's not like organ i don't think he's really organizing his stuff yeah <laughs> too well these days or no i don't really know but um uh, yeah because like like you said like when you kind of decided like all right i'm gonna do this like was there a goal in mind for what you wanted to shoot because like the interesting thing looking about your work like obviously like you shot some of the most legendary skateboarders in the world like you go on tours with like lakai and all these amazing skaters but was was, like being like a quote-unquote like skate photographer was that like ever the goal or because like you also shoot Uh, documentary stuff too i guess yeah yeah i mean so so definitely it was like a calculated decision on my part you know i was like like I grew up in skateboarding and I realized like the um like the heaviness of some of the people I were was around yep. like they they were like normal people for me but I realized like oh these are like legendary people to skateboarders you know yep so I was like and I also just had like a sort of backstage pass to like their lives a little bit so I was like all right I want to shoot I don't want to shoot skating necessarily but I want to shoot photos of skaters and um so I would do that. And then um, eventually it just like, you know, you just sort of like, we're like, it just naturally occurs. People are like, yo, you want to shoot a skate photo? 
Yeah. And you're like, and I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And I'm like, shit, I guess I don't really know how to, you know, and they're like, dude, whatever, you'll figure it out. And then, you know, you figure it, it took me a while to figure it out, to be honest with you. You know, like I shot definitely like I never used flashes. I never did a lot of the stuff that people, people do, but now, yeah. now, now I do. And I know how to, but, um, but in the beginning, yeah, dude, I had no idea. I was like going on trips with people and like not bringing a flash, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's got that's like that's like my favorite photos. Like you guys went to like Japan or something. A couple yeah, of I know you've been there a bunch of times. And like the one kid you photograph all the time, that kid Nico. And oh you yeah, yeah. All these like great photos. It's like for me, like I always enjoyed that in skate mags. Like obviously the trick's great, but it's yeah. more just kind of getting like. Maybe it's different now with Instagram because kids see everything. But back in the day, like getting these like little behind the scenes moments of like dudes in the van, like on some yeah. like slap tour. Like yeah. I, I like I, as a skater, like you wanted to see anything you could, you know? Yeah. I mean, I really I would like to go. I always like to go on trips where there was like other photographers. So it wasn't like up to me to like yeah. really get everything like I could just get what I wanted, you know? Yeah. Um, and luckily, like. I mean, I've had jobs where definitely like I'm the main photographer on the shoot for the skating. Yeah. But, but a lot of times it's like people are like, dude, you're the homie. Just roll, just roll on the trip. And I'm like, perfect. That's like, I prefer, I prefer that a little bit more, you know, because it's like you're not there for like money or nothing. You know, you're there yeah. to like have fun and, and hang out with your boys and shit. And like, um, but I mean, now I understand like, hey, I got to bring a flash <laughs> and like maybe, yeah. and maybe a tripod or something, you know, like. Like there's things you learn. Like Dave Kami taught me a lot of stuff. Joe Brook taught me a lot of stuff. Legends. Um, Dennis McGrath taught me like a whole bunch. He's the first dude that ever told me I should like buy a camera. Oh, like wow. he, like when I was shooting all that Polaroid stuff, he was like, "Yo, you should just buy a camera." He's like, "You know everybody." He kind of just laid it out. He's like, "You know everybody. Um, you know you'll learn. You could learn, and you could learn while shooting like all these great people." And I was like, mm -hmm. "All right." So I ended up buying like a. Um, I forget what camera I bought, but it was, it was something like. Was it digital? Yeah, it was like a one. Yeah, it was like a Mart one. It was like a one D or I don't know yeah, what it was. Yeah, one of those. But it was, but it was like the first one. It was like you know, this was like ten years, twelve years ago, maybe more than that. I forget exactly what camera is, but yeah, um, and or like T two eyes or whatever. I had all that shit. Like, um, I've pretty much been like a Canon dude forever. Um. Cause, it, cause I got all these lenses for free when I was, a, when I was young. So I just always, I still have all the same lenses. Yeah. You know, luckily I haven't broken, broken them. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Skate photography is interesting, interesting now. Like, cause like kind of when I was skating, I still skate, but not nearly as much as I used to. Like when I was just like in high school and a younger kid and like, there was all the different like magazines, like slap. Yeah. The fucking thrasher a uh, bunch of different trans world and now there's this like thrasher and like i mean yeah i do like the sponsored dudes even really give a shit about like shooting photos anymore at this point because like everything just seems like like on instagram now everything's just yeah. like 30 second clips and shit like yeah i think i mean one thing i've noticed is like the the like back in the day like you would I feel like people would like shoot a photo and then they'd film the clip or yep. vice versa. Mm -hmm. Nowadays they're like, they want to do it at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, um, which makes more sense kind of, yeah. but then um, also to like people, I think skaters now are smarter about like um, making sure things are documented. You know, they're like, I need the photo. I need this footage. Yeah. Like, you know, Hey, you, while this is happening, homie, can you film this on my phone? 
mm-hmm. so I could show it to the homies later tonight. Yeah, you know, and be like, I did this <laughs> trick, like you know, like like they're documenting stuff so good. Like some of these edits that people make on their phone are incredible now. I'm just like, dude, what? Like, you know, like even iPhone photos. I'm like, man, this is like if you could figure out how to sync a flash to your phone, like oh, they're you- doing. There, there's like a thing i think pro photos coming out with it it's like this little adapter thing so you'll be able to sync strobes with your phone you could sync. oh dude yeah it's over then i mean <laughs> I was, like i was shooting some photos at chico and we like did a little test like we i shot it on a, on an iphone and then i shot it on my camera with flashes and yeah. i i was like i like the one with the flashes better because it's a little more lit up but like dude you could edit the damn photo on your phone so good that yeah. i was like just like wow dude like this is crazy you know like yeah like it's like insane what you can do with it but i mean i don't know now that's but now i think in since everything's so good digitally that's mm-hmm. the now that's the draw for people to start shooting film again with stuff and like keeping it more simple people are back into like you know you see all these skaters with like leicas and dude it's crazy i see someone doing like you guys got leicas what do you guys like yeah dentists and shit (laughs) yeah you know people kids are like i want to get a point and shoot camera i'm like what do you want to get they're like a leica i'm like dude what like yeah i'm like i'm like yeah i'm like go to goodwill and get like a pentax for like five bucks like what are you talking about like a leica (laughs) yeah so i'm just like damn dude it's crazy and like every kid i know every skater i know like when they travel they got to they got a 35 millimeter camera with them i mean it's sick i don't i don't worry about it like obviously the barrier to entry to photography is a lot easier now with digital for sure but i think it more comes down to like being able to like tell stories and edit it in like a compelling way like anybody can just buy some digital camera off the rack but if you don't have the vision like and that vision comes from like years and years of like chipping away at it like yeah like looking at the book like i was excited to talk to you about real sf which I think uh, you publish it twice now, right? Yeah. So, well, okay. So I made a book, like randomly, I made a book for my family. Mm. Like, cause one year when I was shot all this stuff, like I, it was kind of a crazy year. Like I had like just a lot of sort of ups and downs. Like I went through like a crucial breakup. Yep. Like I was like partying super hard mm-hmm. and um, I had broken my arm twice that year, skating and riding oh. my bike, like just all this shit kept happening. And then, like I really wasn't tra- like I was traveling a bunch, but I really wasn't like getting as much done as I should. So like I made a book through like blurb for my family, like, Oh, check it out. Happy Christmas or whatever. Here's what I've been doing. And, and it was like, I was like, damn, this is pretty cool. Like, um, so I didn't really publish it. I didn't really, like I made like a hundred copies and like gave them to my friends and family or whatever, you yeah. know? Um, so whatever, fast forward to now, I was like, I had found one of the books and was like, yeah, I should like revisit this project, you know? And, um, I actually reached out to blurb and was like, yo, I'm going to donate all this money. Like, would you guys be into like giving me a deal? Cause they're so expensive. It's just like a joke to even. Yeah. Cause I think I haven't, I ordered one. I haven't got it yet. I think it should come in the next couple of days, but it's like a pretty large format and it's like 150 pages, right? Oh, the book. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a pretty big, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's pretty solid. You know, it's like, but it's like, way better way more photos way it cost me way less i was able to donate way more um so i just was like fuck it i'm gonna redo this after i did that blm thing i realized like you know now's the time people are interested people got their unemployment money mm-hmm. they're down to make donations and yeah. like any I, I sort of made like a like a uh promise to myself like a majority of the work that i've shot prior to this year 
like I'm just like I either already got paid for it for doing it you know or like used it for whatever I needed to use it for so like if I'm ever gonna do anything else with it it's all gonna go to charity damn so like that's and then I've just been grinding super hard this year shooting tons of stuff so it's like um you know the, the hope the hope is that like I get to give back and then maybe you know hopefully get other work out of it you know that's that's fucking rad that blurb was just down for the cause like oh no 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 so wait so no they weren't they weren't down for the cause oh damn they were like nah and they're like they're like no not at all and our prices have gone up and i'm like dude i'm gonna order like hundreds of these things and they're just like nah they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck so i was like all right then later so i like took all the stuff i re-edited the whole book i learned how to use indesign I basically, I mean, I remade the whole book completely. Mm-hmm. It's like way better. I took a ton of stuff out that was in the original one yeah. and I added like way more to the new one. Um, and I like, I'm just better at editing now, better at all this shit. So I like was able to make it look a lot better. And um, it's just like something that I actually like, I'm proud of now. The other one was like, just like here, family, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like <laughs> take a look, stop, get off my back, like whatever. I'm going to keep partying um but yeah this one's like a this one's like a legit book that's fucking Um, sick man i i just like i just respect that like there's so many resources for photographers or artists now like there's like no excuse for like not like doing a project like you don't have you don't have to wait for some big publisher to to do your own shit like obviously you can have those goals but why not just fucking get after it and create your own shit you know yeah i think it's important just to like um never let anything be like an excuse to stop you you know like like people are like oh i don't have that resource or i don't have this it's like dude you could just make it yourself you could just do it like you know you could do whatever and like um yeah i mean it takes time it takes work you know like that's the thing is like if one thing i always like think about is like dude no matter what like if you really want something you like work hard for it you know yeah so a lot a lot of times people they think they really want something, but they mm-hmm. don't work hard for it. So you're like, dude, you don't really want it. Yeah. You know, like, and you know, th- there's certain things where it's obviously like harder than others, but like artists and stuff like that. Like, I'm like, man, you want to make prints and sell them. You don't need to make the silver gelatin print for 500 bucks. Every time you could be like, yo, I'm going to print these at Costco or I'm going to print yep. these like here and like get creative. Like, you know, like figure out a way sell them for way cheaper or do this i don't know like there's there's ways to get your work out there without it always having to be like the top top best thing because that's the i was actually just talking to my buddy about this today like like everyone wants to be super like famous and instagram mm-hmm. stuff and but they don't want to do the work that it takes to get to that point you know and it's like you gotta and, start you gotta start somewhere and i know? and i think like I mean, I think I probably did this early on, like in my career, like you obviously have goals. It's good to have goals and dreams. That's important. I think everyone yeah. should have that. But like, don't like, don't like have blinders on to the fact and turn shit away. Like, don't turn your nose up at shit because yeah. you can have one goal. But along the way, like you shot this real SF book and not so many people are going to see it. And who knows? Yeah. Maybe that could lead to some new project or whatever. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, just be be open to like different opportunities pretty much exactly i think that's like super important and i think it's important to uh yeah just to like i don't know yeah like you said be open you know it's like you never really know what you're gonna get into i mean definitely when i was shooting photos of i mean when i made this book i was like shooting tons of skating and at that at that point i wanted to be like 
the next like Joe Brooke or something. You know, I was like, I'm going to go on every trip. <laughs> like, that's all I wanted to do. Yep. Um, and then I broke my arm really bad and I couldn't set up a flash. So I just started walking around the city. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how this happened. But then I like, so you never know what's going to send you where, how it's going to happen. And like, now I love shooting skating, but like, I don't really do it that often. You know, I go yeah. on trips, I go on trips and stuff like that, but I prefer to just like shoot, the, sh- shoot the homies and like this, the experience or just who, whatever. Like if I see someone interesting, I'm like, yo, can I take your photo or whatever? Mm-hmm. And like, um, you know, I tried not to limit myself anymore. Like on, on anything, like even like that nude dude book, I'm like, yo, like do something that like is out of the box that people go like, why are you doing that? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm doing it for that reason i'm doing it so that you look at it because you're like damn this is fucking weird like why would you do this and then they're like damn this is shot really well like <laughs> yeah and, um, this, and this like challenge yourself as an artist i feel like any time like look at something that's probably going to be like or oh, maybe it's like nervous going into some new thing like but i feel like any time i've ever like challenged myself and pushed myself because i mean i don't know being a portrait photographer going up to people on the street i mean i've been yeah. doing years but still still sometimes you you get a little nervous but like yeah anytime i've like just fucking made myself fucking do it like you, you yeah. feel so good that you like challenge yourself dude like, your work is amazing like i definitely feel like i've seen your work come up in the last few years i'm like damn man like appreciate some of, those, some of those baseball portraits and stuff that you shot i'm like yo too <laughs> like you know like, like your lighting is like so on point and just like everything about it. it's like the composition's super good like yeah like i definitely look at it and i'm like damn how did he do this shit it's, <laughs> like, it's chip, chipping away at it i think it's like like do you feel like this way like i look at my work even just like two years ago and i'm like oh man that shit sucks like why did i do that back then and yeah like, i mean dude yeah i look at it like my shit that i shot like yesterday and i'm like that, you know <laughs> but yeah i mean definitely like a couple years ago you know i, I look back i mean even this real sf stuff i'm like man if i would have shot this now yeah i would have I done it totally different yeah you know i'm happy the way i did it but i'm like man there's like little things like that you just learn like little tricks about editing or like lighting or mm-hmm. um, even things with just like ISO with certain cameras or like using like shallow depth of field and where you, where you should focus and yeah. like, you know, just those little things. Like there's photos in this book that I'm like, damn, it's like is a tiny bit out of focus for what I want now. Drives me nuts, man. It's yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I lose sleep over shit like that. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So I'm like, yeah. and also, too, I, I'm a big believer in now in like content over like anything, like content over like technical. Like you could shoot with like, you know, whatever camera you shoot with, as long as the content is rad, it's like, yeah. gonna, it's going to be rad, you know, kind of. Um, because exactly. I know people get caught up with like trying to have the best cameras. And stuff. I got the brand new mirrorless camera that just came out. It doesn't mean shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just not going to take the photo for you. You know what I mean? You still got to go do interesting shit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of my favorite photographers, like they still just use like the most basic cameras and they just live like interesting lives yep. and they, they capture cool stuff. So I think that's like really important to, to just, uh, you know, if you live a cool little interesting life and you, you have a camera with you, chances are you're probably going to get some good photos here and there. 
Yeah, man. Just be yeah. just be out there exploring, man. Because like in the last few years, man, you're, it seems like you're always on the road. Like I know you, you went out to Cuba like me and you've been into Puerto yeah. Rico, Japan. And it's just like you kind of just keep it moving and just kind of exploring. And I never I never say no to a trip like <laughs> anywhere. Like you could be like, yo, you want to go to Antarctica? I'm like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll like I'll like quit. I'll quit jobs and everything just to go. I'm like, what I about, don't care. What about Delaware, man? You down for a Delaware trip? I'm, da- I'm down, dude. Like I'm down. <laughs> Honestly, after this last trip, like I'm really interested in America. Like I really want to. Like I've always wanted to do this little project about America, but um, I just don't have. It's like I don't know. I just haven't. You know, I just haven't like kicked myself in the ass enough to go do it. But like, spend a couple months and just hit like every state or whatever. You know, or go with the flow. Just be like, oh, now I'm here. Now I'm there. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. But it's hard also too because I mean I do need to work and like have yeah money yeah. And, it's a- a tough balance you can't uh, just like i'm not not there yet we'll get you there know. man yeah yeah hey one thing with the the real sf book i guess like uh like how do you how do you kind of approach like photographing those people like when you look at that book you photographed a ton of people was mm. it all kind of centralized in one area of san no, francisco no. it was all over the city and uh um so like okay i smoke cigarettes like a lot unfortunately um and so i just noticed like all these people would always come up to me yo you got a cigarette i'm like yeah you know and then eventually i was like yo you mind if i smoke one with you and they're like yeah whatever and then you just like have a conversation you know like uh like talk to them and Mm -hmm. whatever and then i start asking them like questions about their life but i would ask them like really weird stuff like like not like oh where are you from like i'd be like hey when you were like a kid what did you dream about when you would go to sleep at night and like wow. they'd be like they'd be like what you know like <laughs> like they'd be like what <laughs> what but then they would but then they'd be like oh man you know like and they'd start talking about it and then like you broke this barrier with them you know and the fact that they came up to me and asked me for something first yep helps a lot like it's like psychological like they're like okay this dude doesn't want want anything from me mm-hmm. so like i would do that and then i had bags of socks like originally the book was going to be called socks and cigarettes and uh i had like <clears throat> hundreds of pairs of socks that stance had given me as like a sponsor of the book but they originally like they were going to help me with it but it didn't really work out yep um but i would give i'd be like yo you want some socks and they're like yeah hell yeah like because one of the first homeless guys i met he was like, yo, you're going to get in trouble out here taking photos, you know? Um, and I was, and he's like, yo, you're not like rude or anything, but you know, someone's eventually going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Cause I would always ask, I would never just take a photo, you know, first. Um, and yeah, like, you're, if you just, look, and you're just going out there by yourself pretty much is one around. Yeah. I, I would go out mostly at night and stuff like that and just by myself. But like, you know, he was like, yo, like do yourself. A f-. Cause he, he'd also be like, uh, I would be like, yo, I don't want to give people money really, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's just not a good thing to do, whatever, like trade. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's a weird transaction as a photographer. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah I, it's a tough I didn't situation. Think he, so he was like, I was like, what's something that like every homeless person needs? And he's like, socks. And I was yep. like, all right. So like, I just did that. But yeah, I would just try to have people come up to me. I would just like hang out places where I knew there was people. And then sometimes I would see people and like, like you just get a vibe where you're like this person is the per- i need to photograph this person you know mm-hmm. and i you know you, you you figure it out it's like 
it's like if you see like a chick or something you want to talk to and you're like i gotta talk to her you're like yeah. you figure it out you're like hey what's up you gotta, you know? you gotta, find, you gotta find an angle it's yeah all about, yeah all about approach man yeah you know like so i would just like figure it out and then eventually too i kind of got like a dude on the street who was helping me out like he was super cool and i would bring him stuff like every night like like skate wow. stuff like skate stuff he was like uh he was a really gnarly dude he was super cool though i really liked him a lot we were good friends and uh I'd bring him something every night, you know, just like clothes or whatever, you know, working and skating, you get so much free stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'd give him stuff and then he would kind of tell me where to go and what to do. And like, yo, these people are up here. Like I already talked to them or this, he helped me out quite a bit. Um, and just sort of also helped me with like confidence. Cause it's like, at first I was a little scared. Like someone, something like I got a knife pulled on me one night, things like that. Yep. But then eventually I realized like, dude, I'm, in really good physical shape compared to a lot of these people none of them have guns even if they have a knife they're not going to stab me like it's, you know yeah. they're just it's just all part of like living on the street you know they gotta yeah what do you like, that's what i was going to ask you like having spent so much time with these people and like had all these different conversations like what do you think you you feel like you learned about these people because for uh, the most people they just kind of walk by them and kind of ignore them pretty much but like you actually spent time with them and talked and had actual conversations i guess yeah i mean i spent a lot of time with a lot of them like you know multiple days with some with mo with the most of them really in multiple hours at least every time i'd shoot but the one thing i learned is that literally like we are all the same like 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 the guy that okay like the guy who like smokes crack like in the street and yep. is like kind of crazy and all that shit he wants the exact same shit that like the rich techie guy wants right yep. he wants to like smile he wants to eat he wants to have fun with somebody he wants to yep. feel high or, or drunk right he wants to have fun whatever the same thing the techie guy here in the city who looks down on that guy yep. is going out and buying drinks and buying a bag of cocaine and wants to go eat food it's like literally the exact same thing just on two different levels right yep. so like that when i kind of realized that i'm like oh like you know it's all we're all doing the same shit it's like you start to have a little more compassion because you're like oh man this dude just wants to talk to somebody and like smoke mm -hmm. a cigarette and tell and tell somebody about their life you know like and feel like maybe somebody cares and um you know, I don't know. It was interesting. I mean, I honestly became like close friends with like a bunch of them. And uh, it was like, it's like, it was like beautiful. I was like, damn, dude, you're like some of the coolest people I've ever met. You know, like a lot of them had really interesting stories. 99% of them started, like all started off from good homes with like yep. good, good stuff going on. Um, you know, and that's the other thing I realized is just how close we all are to like being on the street. Oh, like, definitely, man. Like, I don't know if you ever met Kyle Vandy Bonker. Um, he mm. was a skater in, in, uh, in Boston. He used to be sponsored by Acme and like in the nineties, he was one of the best skaters, like skate with Mike Graham a lot. Okay. And yeah, man, it kind of has happened to him like around like, like mid twenties. Like yeah, this, he had something happen and it just kind of went down that path and like, he wasn't a bad dude and we'd still see him around on the streets just skating and stuff. And I talked to him and yeah. it was just a hard thing to see. But like you said, like you, you, you're just like a little thing can happen. You don't know what's, you know? Yeah, I mean, there was dudes that I met. Like, there was this dude who I met who was like a record producer. His photo is actually not in the book, but it was in the it was in the original like one I made for my family. He was like a record producer in the '70s, 
you know, he had all these man, he had like mansions and like whatever. He produced all these like famous songs, and I'm like, dude, what? What the fuck? Yeah. And I didn't believe him at first, right? Yeah. But then I googled him, and like I was like, damn, that's fucking him, dude. Like that's, that's really him driving around in like Rolls Royces and these photos from the '70s, and like I was like, wow, okay. And basically, what happened was is like he had gotten a divorce. Mm-hmm. His wife took a bunch of his money, and then he had like a gnarly cocaine problem these are all just like the foundations right and then basically he got in a car accident yeah and um he broke his back and basically like got hooked in the hospital on on opiates and and since he already was like on shit you know he like he just and that was it like he just like couldn't get help i don't know he just got super addicted to opiates and like lost everything and like chose the street basically Mm -hmm. because they stopped giving him prescriptions for the opiates so he was like buying, started buying heroin. And then once he started buying heroin, like family wouldn't mess with him. And I don't know, like, but things like that where you're like, damn, actually, I heard a lot of stories about people just hurting themselves and getting on pain pills. And then like stuck. The prescription runs out. Oh, well, I got to go buy heroin. Somebody told me heroin's the same thing and like start doing that. Next thing you know, you're fucking on the street. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you don't have like, any, if you don't have any support system or a family, that's how you're, yeah. you're kind of just stuck. Exactly. And then there was also people that I met too that were like, this is better than the situation I was in, you know, like, like they're like, I was in like, grew up in an abusive household or, or like I had an abusive husband or whatever. And they're like, I feel safer out here than I did with them. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, like, um, so it was interesting, you know, it put a lot of things in perspective. Um, I don't know. It was cool. Like, it was good. I I really enjoyed it. And like, it kind of made me real passionate about like, like whenever I hear people talk about homeless people in San Francisco, I'm always like, this is a conversation you got to be careful having with me. Cause like, I'll, I'll go forever. And you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, like I'm on their side. Like I'm always trying to like help them out and figure it out. Cause it, like I said, it could be any of us anytime. And have you, being that you've been a San Francisco resident for a long time, have you seen like, cause I've read about it in the news and stuff. It seems like out in California, I know Los Angeles too. When I went out there uh, last year and there's this like, obviously, it seemed like more homelessness than ever. Like, have you seen a notable difference in this, like the, the issue yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. In, like in the last, like f- really five or 10 years, like it's, it's really gotten bad, but like kind of comes in like these waves and like, um, right now it's pretty bad. I'd say there's definitely a lot of like tents and things, but also it's sort of changing a little bit because of the lack of tourism here. Hmm. Um, there's no like money source for the homeless people because the homeless people will like panhandle or whatever in these like busy neighborhoods. Yep. And the neighborhoods are like dead. So like a lot of the homeless people, I haven't seen a lot of them, but they're still there. They, a lot of them live in the park now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like during like a couple years back, like when I was the tail end of when I was making this, like maybe like 2015, mm-hmm. I think was the year that Super Bowl was here. Maybe it was like 2015, 2016, something like that. Maybe yeah. 14, even I forget. <clears throat> but um, it was like really bad, like really bad. And then the city just like cleaned them out, like somehow. I don't know how for the Super Bowl because they were like, we got all these tourists coming, yeah, get them out of here. And like they, the stuff I learned about on the street, like with what they did, I was like, fuck, man, like, yeah, it's brutal. Like how how the police control the homeless people, and um, it's it's like way deeper than anybody thinks like 
the police are so connected to the drug supply mm-hmm. and to like knowing what areas of the city are populated by what types of drug users. And if they want to move them instead of going in there and moving them, what they do is they cut off that drug supply and they flood it with something else. Jesus. So if like, you know, there's a high heroin area and they want to get rid of everybody, they bust the heroin dealer and then they, they, they flood it with like meth. And then these, these dudes want, they, so it's like a trap. Yeah. It's like fucked up. So they'll flood it with meth. And then these guys like tweak out and like lose their minds and they'll leave the neighborhood on their own looking for Jesus. heroin. It's, it's like, right. it's, it's fucked up. It's like, yeah. it's really fucked up. So yeah, um, no, it's it powerful work, man. I know, um, yeah. People that want to buy a book, they can go on your Instagram still. And I think all 100% of it goes to the, I believe it's called the Larkin Street Youth Services. Like, how do you end up partnering with them, I guess? So, like, the the way, like, homelessness, like, helping the homelessness in San Francisco works is, like, the younger you are, the higher of a chance that you are of actually being helped and getting off the street. Um, And Larkin Street deals with, like, the youngest people in the city. I think it's, like, 12 to 24 or something, you know? It's, like, really young people um so like if you start there you got a higher rate of of helping people and keeping them off the street and um they just have a they have a good program i've always donated tons of clothes to them and tons of other stuff mm-hmm. to them and uh yeah personally i just like them and you know it's i feel like it's good to just like start 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 as young as possible and see what you can do um, yeah man no it's great yeah. it's great stuff you're doing man appreciate and, uh, it I guess to wrap up, man, like what's next for you, man? It's a crazy time to be a human being in this pandemic <laughs> and everything. But like what's obviously you've been still been out there making some cool work, but kind of any goals for your photography moving forward, I guess. Um, well, I already started working on another book that I shot like 10 years ago. It's all aboard. New, new projects, uh, like new projects. I'm working on this book about people in sf um sort of sort of a similar idea as this i guess you could say but yep. the total opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. like the gnarliest like chefs and the gnarliest like whatever artists that is the and- interesting thing about sf like yeah you have like you're like the crazy rich the people that like work at facebook and all these crazy yeah. tech companies and then everyone else is this kind of this grinding out of living like it, yeah. it is a weird uh dynamic yeah, I got a lot of ideas of stuff I want to do, but I'm not quite sure exactly what. I think I'm probably going to make a book um, with my roommate. We're, we're working on something, but we're it's for the homeless as well. There's a thing here called the street sheet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, there's newspapers that they give to homeless people to sell, yeah. like in different cities. So we're going to make one ourselves, but it's going to be a photo zine, and we're just going to give it to homeless people to sell. Wow. And like do do something like that, and like I don't know, we're we're doing a bunch. I just kind of focusing on charity work and like mm-hmm. charity work, and then like traveling with my homies and like I like it, man. You know, having fun with the homies, and then like come back and work hard and and try to give back as much as possible. Hell yeah, uh, Ando. Well, dude. I'm glad we took the time to do this, man. Like, yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's good every to see time you. I come to SF, man, you always show me mad love. Like going, yeah, to yeah. Like you guys, is mad respect. Um, but I guess for people listening, if they want to check out more of your work, where should they go? Um, you could go to. Well, I have like a website. Um, damn, what is my website? Andos, <laughs> Andos Photos. 
dot com i think i don't know i haven't even looked at it in so long it's old <laughs> but there's some good stuff on there yeah um and then or my instagram which is um at andonesia a-n-d-o-n-e-s-i-a perfect that's got, that's got the link in the bio to my book and all my stuff and if anybody wants a print a book or has a question yeah. about photography or anything yeah. feel free to dm me hit me up and uh, i really appreciate it man hell yeah dude thanks ando man we can cut it there so there you have it. That was the Andrew Caulfield interview. I just want to thank Ando so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It's a real pleasure talking to him about everything he's been doing with his photography, um, helping raise uh, money for the homeless within SF. Uh, like I said, his new book, Real SF, um, is available for purchase on his Instagram. 100% um, of the proceeds will go to the Larkin Street Youth Services Organization, which helps get youth off the street um, dealing with homelessness. Um, so a really great cause. Um, I'll put the link to Ando's uh, Instagram page and his website where you can purchase a copy of the book. Um, but yeah, definitely go give him a follow. And uh, thanks so much, Ando. I really appreciate talking to you. And I can't thank you enough. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Uh, so definitely go check that out. And as always, thank you so much for listening and take care.